Blog Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a bird, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. Gain new knowledge, get a fresh new start. Day Network will bring you there. So let's talk about it when life and on the air. Good morning, everyone. This is Fran Lewis, and it's sunny outside. Thank God we didn't get the hurricane. Not yet, anyway. And we have the author of Dead in the Alley here, Michelle Michelob. Sharon Michelob. And let me tell you, you definitely want to read this. When Bay Bishop's husband was found in the alley behind their North Michigan restaurant, she lost not only the partner of her dreams, establishing the best fine dining establishment, when you read the recipes, you're going to get hungry, in the area, but the man she thought she was in love with. But why is she a suspect? I'm not going to tell you anymore. The author is here. We're going to talk about it. Good morning and welcome to MJ Network. Thank you so much for having me. This is fun. So tell us a a summary, and I'll have to ask this question. How come you chose to kill the person in the alley? That is original. (laughs) My first thought was to kill him outside the front of the restaurant. (laughs) But then I decided that the alley would be a little more evocative. (laughs) So I I moved him to the the back. Originally, I had her running out of the restaurant when she hears the accident, and he dies in her arms. And uh, I, I... You know, your first idea of what you're going to do frequently changes to something else. (laughs) Well, I think it's better to do it this way. I think if you die in front of the restaurant, people may not want to come there. They may think it's the food. Well, (laughs) in the end, nobody's going to come there anyway. (laughs) I know. It's so sad. (laughs) So tell us about Bay and Derek and their relationship and the restaurant. Okay. So, um... So Bay and Derek met in in New York uh, after she had trained at um, at Johnson and Wales in uh, Rhode Island, and they they met mm. because they were both working in the same restaurant. And um, his specialty is was baking, and her specialty was essentially just regular main dishes. And um, mm. they worked a lot of the same shifts. They were. He showed her New York because he was from New York and she was from Michigan. Um, and they just built a relationship. And then they moved in together. And eventually they got married. And after a certain amount of time, they wanted to own their own restaurant. Well, trying to do that in New York City is not so easy. And because she was from northern Michigan, he suggested that they move back there and open a restaurant. She wasn't thrilled because she didn't get along that well with her family. But um, but they did do that, and they uh, found an old brewery to uh, remodel, and they decided that they would have the fine dining establishment in northern Michigan. So that was their dream, and they had just realized that uh, the restaurant was, was doing very well, and then he gets murdered. And she thinks she knows him, but after 10 years, mm-hmm. she really has no idea who he was. The scary part is, is that could really happen. 
not just oh, in I know. the book. I know people that that's happened to. Oh, it was. Yeah. yeah that was. Uh huh. I learned that. You never know. You just think you sure. know, but you don't. So, what right. did Eve handle in the restaurant and why? And how did she learn he'd been killed? That's so sad. Okay, so, um, so she did all the, um, the main dishes and things like that. She planned the menu. His his job was to bake all the desserts, all the bread, all all that kind of stuff. So he started very early in the morning. He started later in the day. He would go home and take a nap in the middle of the day. Come back and help her set up the restaurant. Uh, at night, and um, and he he could kind of do some of the major d type things and and that kind of stuff. So, um, but he also uh, worked with a financial guy and took care of all the finances, uh, mm. which be a big mistake. <laughs> but but she left all that to him. She didn't really like doing the business end of the of the um, the operation. Well, that's the part you have to watch out for the most. <laughs> is the business end of it right? That's where you get stabbed in the back. We know. So, oh, yeah. who is Lane Lane Fairchild? And when she sees Greg walk in, the police officer, why does she turn green? Okay, so uh, Lane Fairchild is actually the lead officer on the case, and um, yeah. he's a plant to, uh, to to Michigan. He was in Cleveland, and um, he got tired of doing big city policing, and so he moved. Uh, moved to Sherburn. Um, and the two of them show up on, on Bay's porch because she is a suspect. But but Greg was her high school boyfriend. And mm. they had made all these plans. He was a year older. He was going to start college at the University of Michigan. She was going to follow him a year later. And um, he had other ideas of what he wanted to do with his life. And since he couldn't just tell her that, he just stopped writing. He stopped going home when he knew she was going to be there. He just totally ghosted her. So, um, so she changed her plans and uh, ended up going to Chicago for a year to work in a restaurant because her parents owned an inn, so she was very used to working mm. in those kinds of situations. And um, and then she just made her own her own life. So they hadn't seen each other for. Um, at least 18 years. So seeing him show up there, she knew he was in town. She knew he was with the police. He knew that mm. she'd come back. It's every effort in this town of 10,000 people to never run into each other. So to see him standing there was a big shock. So these are two interesting characters. Vince and Ellen, they worked in the restaurant. What were their roles? Okay, so Vince was the sommelier. Uh, and Ellen was the sous chef. And um, so Ellen was always back in the kitchen working with Bay because the sous chef does a lot of the work in the kitchen. That's mm. like the second command in the kitchen. And essentially Vince ordered all the wine, and um, and then he would advise people on what wines they should drink with their meal. And he, his family uh, ran a winery in California, so he was extremely knowledgeable about wine. Now, this this is interesting because there's a second plot. I got that. Oh, yeah. And there's <laughs> Danny. Yeah, there's Danny and Greg. And what does he want to do? And Gr- so Greg belongs of, to the you – know, so what, what do they want to open together or try to anyway? Right. So um, they're both 
former Vikes, that was really why Greg kind of dropped out of Bay's life. Mm. He was a professional, decided he wanted to be a professional bike racer. He gets hired by a team and he moves to Europe. Um, but, um, and he doesn't want to give up his job with the police. But he wants to, he was, he got his degree in engineering and he wants to design bicycles. And Dan mm. just retired from his biking career. So he comes to Sherburn and he and, and, and Greg are going to open a big bike shop. Um, and, um, and Danny's going to run the bike shop. They're going to be co-owners. And most of Greg's job is to design custom-made bikes for people uh, when he's not working. Mm. That's, that's the plan. And I have a cousin that would love him. <laughs> he's into motorcycles. Well, he loves motorcycles, and my nephew does too. Not uh, me. Well, these are these are bicycles, but uh, there is a motorcycle in the, in the book too. I know bicycles too. I was I was too much of a clutch. My mother said, "Forget it." So Greg uh, belongs to to the drug unit in the police department, mm-hmm. and he's called mm-hmm. into Derek's murder. So why does he suspect that Bay had something to do with it? Okay, so the interesting well to me the interesting way to set up the plot was. Everybody, all the suspects have alibis. Yeah. Um, Dave's in the kitchen and, uh, uh, you know, Ellen's in the kitchen. They're all in the restaurant or, like, Wally is, you know, in Detroit. So they've all got alibis. So the, the idea of the police is that a hitman was hired. Once you have a hitman hired, it could be any of them because none of them have to be on the scene to do it. And he's... he's um, He's hit by a motorcycle. He's run over several times by a motorcycle mm. in the alley. So, um, so Bay bays the light. You know, if you're usually the the spouse is the is the primary suspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reason Greg's called in is because it turns out when they start investigating that there's a drug connection, and they didn't know that. So, um, so that's why Greg is working with Lane on the case instead of it just being Lane and some other police person. Now, here's where it gets kind of sad. I don't <laughs> like Volker. He's destroyed uh, her everything. So why does she have to go back to move in with her parents? And what happens to the restaurant? I was in tears. I felt so bad. Oh, so, so as I said, they really didn't know uh, Derek the way she thought he did. Yeah. Uh, and and she um, she thought, well, so she didn't know that he'd been having affairs all along in their relationship. And mm. um, and what she finds out is that he was planning to leave. She doesn't. She didn't know at that point where he was planning to go. But he'd stopped paying the bills, and he'd emptied their accounts, and he stopped paying the mortgage on their house. So all of a sudden, what she's faced with is no money, no money at all, and um, she's going to have to sell everything. She's going to have to close the restaurant and, and sell that. She's going to have to sell her house, um, and she has nowhere to go. So she's going to move in with her parents because she has no other choice. Or at least she thinks she has no other choice. So, um, yeah, it's pretty pretty sad. Um, It is sad because what did they expect her to do something for them, too, to work there? And who are her sisters? And and what is her relationship with them? 
Well, her relationship with her sisters isn't too bad. She's the middle child. So she has mm-hmm. an older sister and she um and she has a younger sister. And and their names are <laughs> their names are Laurel Bay and Olivia because her parents didn't want to name her younger sister Olive. But they're but oh, God. they're all the they're all the same tree, right? <laughs> because mm. the bay tree is a laurel tree and, and, and they're related to the olives. So, um, so that's how they get these 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 names. And um, and Laurel, who's the oldest, is a is a college professor, and mm-hmm. um, and 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 the youngest, Olivia, uh, is a dress designer. So um, she gets along pretty well with them. And she also has a younger brother named Toby, uh, mm-hmm. who's um, who's yeah. So she's so there's four of them. Um, so she goes back to live in, in the in the inn, and um, she's expected to do some of the cooking, which is not unreasonable mm. for her to do that. But her sisters so are always kind of needling her about her cooking. So there is a big scene where they have this big blow-up because she's planning this dinner, and they have all these suggestions, and she gets mm-hmm. angry, and her mother comes in and tells her that she needs to be nicer, and... Um, and the sisters are like, no, no, we were just teasing. We weren't. Yeah. Anyway, it's a typical sibling relationship. What can I tell you? <laughs> yeah, I read that part, and I said, the poor girl works so hard, and you're picking on her. Sounds familiar. You see, but yeah, I'm not allowed well, in a kitchen to cook, so that's okay. <laughs> I don't have to worry about it ever. Oh well, I do. I do cook, um, and I have three brothers. I have no sisters, and they all mm. cook. I all. Cook. We all cook, so uh, it's, yeah. No, I lost my sister a few years ago, unfortunately, to weird yeah. circumstances. And my brother, my sister-in-law cooks, but my brother, you know, corrects it. So mm-hmm. when I go there, I just sit and hide. I don't go near the stove oh. or anything. It's much better. They don't, trust, they don't oh, even yeah. trust me to make coffee, which I know how to do, because you can stick a K-pot in. No big, no big deal. So... <laughs> Who is Jack, and why does he threaten Bay for money? Because he said that Derek owed it to him. Not a very nice mm-hmm. person. No, no. Actually, his name is Jason, and he was um, he was Derek's best friend. They grew up together in New York, and mm. um, and so he he had come he had come out to visit Derek, but really he's he's more on the make than anything. So Derek doesn't really owe him money. But no. he's decided after Derek dies that um, he might as well try and hit uh, Bay up. He doesn't realize at that point that she's actually lost everything. But he also comes up with a way to try and get into stuff uh, once once um, she starts making new plans for her life. Uh, he's he's not a real he's not a real nice guy either. <laughs> no, but there's a lot of nasty people in this. So, well, who is Terry, well, that's, that's and what does she hear Ellen and Vincent say? Vince say, uh, I don't like them either. And how does what well, she hears uh, oh, change Ellen his feeling about Derek? She might be glad yeah, he's dead, well, the way we're going. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's it's funny because you don't want people to like the suspects because otherwise they're not going to suspect them. Um, no. But, uh, Bay and Terry, Terry is, is, is Bay's best friend, and they grew up together. Um in fact, um, Terry chose to live in Sherburne, even though they had a cherry tree farm outside it, because this is cherry tree country in, mm. in 
in northern Michigan. And uh, they chose to live in town so that she could go to school in town, and then they moved out to the to live mm-hmm. on the farm after she finished. But um, but they but Carrie's really the person that they can rely on um, because they've always been friends. And when when things are really going wrong, they decide to go out to breakfast. And it turns out that Vince and Ellen are in the next booth, just behind them. And mm. what they hear is Ellen telling Vince that she was having an affair with Derek and that he was going to run away with her. That that's why Ooh. all this was happening, was because she was the other woman. Um, and, um, yeah, so that's... So, th- so that changes that changes everything. I mean, you know, um, Terry and Terry and uh, Bay are already not, you know, thinking well of Derek, but now, um, now she's she's got this whole thing going on with Ellen, and and she had just decided to open. She asked a friend of hers if she could open a wine bar in his cafe, and Ellen mm. and Vince were going with her, and now she's got to figure out what to do because she definitely does not want Ellen working with her. I don't blame her. She might poison her or drug the drug the drink. I don't know. So, <laughs> what what is revealed about the business now? It's tied into Greg and the drug unit. Mm-hmm. And when well, she, she gets interviewed, know. Ellen, who does she who does she lie about? Oh, Vince. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Well, who else? Going to blame the partner. Oh, besides 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 Vince. Hmm. No, who is, when Ellen is interviewed, she implicates somebody. But what? Is, how does this tie into the drug unit with Greg? Oh, okay. So, well, actually, it's it's kind of it's it's all kind of convoluted with the drugs. So, um, so nobody knows. I mean, they didn't know about the drugs, and nobody mm. necessarily knows who was working with with Derek with the with the drugs. Um, but Vince mm. was stealing wine from the restaurant. And so she's kind of putting that up as another possible motive is the is the wine theft, um, which turns out to be totally unrelated, but ends up implicating somebody else. But but Ellen's not the one who implicates the other person who might have been involved in the wine theft um, because she doesn't know about that person. It's, mm. it's very yeah. There's there's uh, there's suspects all 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 over the place, and the the suspect that comes out of that evidently for a lot of people, was the most convincing of the suspects. <laughs> um, I'm sure people wanted so, all that wine. My God, it can make an awful lot of money selling that. Well, yeah. Well, what what Vince was, was saying was that he wanted to open his own wine shop and he didn't want to yeah, have to rely on his vineyard. So um, I, don't, I don't think that that would have happened, that he would have ended up staying permanently in, in Sherburne and doing that. But um, but that's that's how he got his space for storing the stolen wine. When we get to know her mother and father, we understand mm-hmm. the next thing. They were not exactly the most. The mother, especially, was very mm-hmm. critical. She reminded mm-hmm. me of mine. No, seriously. So she mm-hmm. decides to move out of the inn, and she moves in with Terry because mm-hmm. she feels like she doesn't feel like she's part of her family. And that mm-hmm. that that I can understand. They didn't exactly, you know, give her the warm and the whatever and getting criticized <laughs> and feel like you don't belong there. So how come she moved in with Terry? And how well, what did they do to make her feel that she didn't belong there? So, um so 
she always felt different. She didn't look like anybody else in her family, and um, she was never mm-hmm. she was never first. I mean, all right, so Laurel was the oldest, so she was first, but she was the second child. But mm-hmm. once once this came along, and for example, when they were all in school, um, her mother would put up all of Laurel's, you know, straight mm-hmm. A papers, put up Livy's stuff, and then if there was space at the end, she might put up something for for Bay. Um, so she was she was always kind of the left out child, um, and she finally and and she she goes up to the to the attic after she has the argument with her sisters. She goes up to the attic because she decides there's lots of family stuff up there, and she wants to look mm-hmm. at pictures and things like that. And while she's up there, she makes a discovery about mm-hmm. her family, and that's what makes her leave because. Her parents have told her her whole life that she was not adopted, that she is mm-hmm. that she is their child, and now she feels that she's got evidence that they were lying to her, and so she confronts them with with this, and they just they just insist that they're not lying, and she gets incredibly up. She knows that Terry will take her in. Terry's got an extra bedroom in her apartment, um, and she figures that it's not going to be permanent because. Once this wine bar is up and running, then presumably she'll have some income again and she'll be able to to, to move out on her own. Um, so that's 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 what happens, and that's why why all of that that takes place. Uh, it's a it's a really shocking discovery to her, um, and um, and she draws certain conclusions from it, and she's very upset that her parents won't admit anything. They won't anything and at that point her sisters and her brother side with her pretty much so um so then there's a lot of searching for who she really is and what the truth is about all of all of the things that she uncovered and that's actually at the end of the book they that all gets unraveled unfortunately i do know how that feels it's really funny because it wasn't funny right before my sister died we went to a flea market and i wanted something a specific uh, item and she said, I, you, never, you never had this because you were adopted in front of all those people. Mm-hmm. And I looked at her and I said, you are kidding. She says, no. She says, there's a mm-hmm. lot you don't know. And I just looked at her and I said, it explains a lot, explains why I'm smarter than all of you. And I just walked mm-hmm. away. I was like, mm-hmm. holy God. It's like, whatever. I'm actually going to do an ancestry just to find out because, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. who cares? Um, at this mm-hmm. point, so so how does the investigation move ahead and then backward, and what happens to Vince? So sad. Nobody wins oh, here. Oh. <laughs> no, nobody. Well, the people at the end win, but but they're the only ones. So um, so so Vince um has an idea of who the murderer is. Um, mm-hmm. and um, and and he could. You don't see this because there's no point of view for Vince or the murderer. Mm-hmm. Um, but but essentially, Vince tries to blackmail the murderer, and the murderer uh, kills him and um, puts him in. So the restaurant's closed, but the restaurant hasn't been sold yet. So all the stuff is still in there because if you ever go past the place that's closed and not sold, most of the stuff is still in there until somebody buys it and there's a sale and all that stuff. Um so he, so the murderer stuffs the stuffs the body into uh, this freezer, 
because this is, uh, because restaurants have these big freezers, which isn't actually on at this point because there's no power yeah. on. That sets fire to the building. Uh, so, so that's what happens. That's what happens to Vince. He disappears. But the thing is, because he's disappeared, uh, yeah. The police think that he must be the murderer and that he's run for it. So that's the reason that the that the uh, investigation kind of goes awry because they've got they've got an APB out for Vince because they're convinced that he wouldn't have left if he if he hadn't been the murderer. So um, so that's a, that's a whole other thing that happens because after all you need to have twists and turns and misdirections for the police as well as the reader. But they still think that Bay's a suspect. How come? Oh no! By the time that um, so the way I I had Bay cleared, and this actually has to do with the drug part of it. Um, yeah. Lane and and um, and and, uh, and Greg go to Detroit um, because they've got some. Well, for one thing, Wally's from Detroit, and but they they've got some stuff going on there. They're going to talk to the police and and all that. And there's a drug thing going on, so that's the reason Greg wants to go with with Lane because he can question these drug guys. And the drug guys guys clear Bay essentially by saying that she wasn't. They don't know anything about the murder, but um, but since they think the murder tied into the drugs and she didn't know anything about the drugs, they feel at that point that she's in the clear. So by this time she's she's not a suspect, which is a good thing because yeah. of what happens between Bay and Greg. And and I know that there are people who would think that um, even at that point he, he shouldn't be doing anything about her. He does talk to his his captain about it, but the reality is when you're in a small town and everybody knows everybody else, um, the relationships among the police and the people are different. Mm than they are in Chicago where you're not going to know the, the cops from anybody and they're not mm-hmm. going to know you. So, um, and I, I did do some research on whether or not that would, that would be a, a plot point that, that would be okay, let's put it that way. Um, and the main thing is you have to tell your commanding officer, and he did ask to be taken off the case, <laughs> but there's nobody else to put on the case. So, um, so no, you're, you're stuck with this. You know, try it. Try Keep as much control as you can. I watch all those programs. Cold Case, mm-hmm. Cold Justice, mm-hmm. Vanished, un- Uncovered Secrets. They're so cool. Because watching mm-hmm. how they, each each of these prosecutors or detectives, you know, handle mm-hmm. a case and how they find the evidence, everybody's so mm-hmm. different. That, mm-hmm. that, you know, it's, it's great because the greatest research of those programs especially cold mm-hmm. case with Kelly's Eagle when she puts up the boards and how she handles it. It's amazing. Unfortunately, sometimes mm-hmm. the person just doesn't get arrested. There's not enough information. Oh, yeah. But if you're going to write a book and you want some, it's amazing. I'm learning so much. Yeah. So, I, I have a friend have, whose husband's a Chicago police officer, and I talked to that him That makes it even better. Well, you, Chicago doesn't do things the same way. Um and so we talked yeah, about the things that I wanted to do. And he said, look, you're looking at a small town in Michigan that doesn't want to call in the state police and doesn't want to call in, you know, anything like that. Mm-hmm. So this is the way it would work, and that's all perfectly plausible. I also, um, on, I'm on a list called Crime Scene Writer. And most that's of the good. people, uh, the, and it's mostly writers and cops. 
and from retired cops and FBI mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing. So people, most of it's asking questions. You know, I want to do this with my with my plot, with this work, why wouldn't this work, would this happen with this gun, you know, that kind of thing. So it's a really useful list for people who are writing mysteries to, to be on. That, that's interesting. Well, I interviewed FBI, DEA, well, you know, everybody like that, and I don't write like that, but when I want to know if something is really bizarre or something, I have a mm-hmm. couple of people that I just email them, and then if I'm, you know, mm-hmm. reading all these books and all these authors, I tell them, well, would you like to read my book and tell me what's wrong with it first? And they do. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll give me the critiques, which is great, because it's better than the publishing company. So, oh, what yeah. except... Yeah, it, it is, and and I don't care. I can take comments, and I can take critiques, and I can take you need to mm-hmm. do this or you need to change that, and that helps sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, no, and I'm I've, doing I've, this. I've learned. <laughs> I've learned to kill my darlings. I've learned that you know people are just trying to help you. They're not trying to be mean. <laughs> no. No, I'm doing a, a, a panel, actually, for people. I'm going to broadcast it on November 16th on how to write true crime and crime with the with okay. the four kings of crime. Yeah, Vincent Zandri, Charles Salzburg, Jeff Bond, and Lee Matthew Goldberg. Uh, yeah. Two of them write true crime. Yeah, well, they're, they're my pals. Trust me, they're my pals. Okay. And I could just ask them anything. I could even call them if I wanted to. But, yeah, yeah. it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Because I'm going to ask questions. <laughs> so, what exactly? What exactly did Derek do, and what role did Ellen have? I don't like her. <laughs> oh well, Derek was Derek was having an affair with Ellen, and one of the things he told her was that he was going to take her with him uh, when he went. And so she thought they were they were escaping to the to the the Caribbean with essentially all the assets, all the money. But that's actually not what Derek was doing. Derek was going on his own, and he was going to mm. um, a resort, uh, restaurants in a resort that his friend had just opened in the Maldives. And then he figured he could, you know, continue on with his kind of player life um, out there, and he'd have all the money. So uh, he didn't care really what happened to Ellen or to Dave, um, which is, says a lot about him as a person. I wonder what would have happened if she found all of this out and Derek didn't get killed. Hmm. If she uh, would have realized and gotten rid of him. I don't that might have been have interesting. Him, but <laughs> it, it could have been. That would have made a very, very different book um, than, than the I one know. I wrote because it could be psychological suspense, I think. But uh, but she probably would have divorced him and sued him and tried to get uh, an injunction so he couldn't leave the country. But um, she's not a violent person. So there's, she would not have she would not have murdered him even then. No, but she might have paid somebody to get rid of him. Might have been the insurance money. <laughs> Who knows? Well, but that's, but that's the whole plot of this book is the idea that did she did she hire somebody yeah. to get rid of him? But she didn't know anything. Yeah. So because she didn't know anything, she really had no um, no no reason to have to have killed him because she thought everything was fine. Well, she got blindsided big time. So here oh, yeah. we go for another yeah. character with a question mark, people. Who is Brad, <laughs> and what does he offer Bay that would help her to get started? And who would he get to finance it? Hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, well, that's a whole other thing. So um, she, um, she, Brad is one of her school friends, and he owns this, this cafe in town. 
that's very popular. It's not. It's obviously not the high-end restaurant that she was running, but it's a very nice cafe. Lots of people go there. And so she contacts him and says, you know, I've, I've been thinking about opening a wine bar. Um, and he says, oh, well, I've been thinking about starting to offer, you know, something like that at the cafe. And so they agree that that's what, they, what they're going to do is that she'll, she'll – um, She'll open a wine bar in piece of his, his cafe. They can bump out the wall a little bit into the parking lot. And the wine bar part doesn't have to be that big because you need a counter and a few tables. But people will be mostly standing around. And then his idea is then they'll go into a restaurant and have dinner afterwards. So it's, it's a win-win for, for them. Um, and he's willing to kind of front everything until she's back on her feet, which is nice of him. Um, but they're going to... But the only financier they know is the one who was working uh, uh, with Derek at, at the restaurant. And, um, and he's already said that he doesn't know what Derek was doing and that there must have been an alternate set of books mm-hmm. because everything he was getting was, was perfectly fine. You know, he wasn't seeing any problems and he was getting his, his cut every month. So um, he, wasn't, he wasn't concerned. So they're, they were going to have him, they were going to approach him for the financing. And oddly enough, Greg and Danny were also were going to approach him for financing too. Um, but then once um, once Wally, who we haven't really talked about, um, uh, is is also, he's, they don't consider him a very viable suspect, but he's a suspect. Um, mm-hmm. Then Greg realizes that he can't work with him and they're going to have to find somebody else. So, um, and Wally, in the meantime, is thinking of, of moving his business from Detroit um, to the Sherburn area because there's just so many things that are uh, that are being um, created there. So many because it's a big tourist area. Um, so, uh, so that's kind of where that whole part of the plot comes in. Let's go back to the parents. The okay. parents, you know, what did she learn about her parents? First of all, the parents, what was their reaction when she met Derek? And did she ever straighten it out with her sisters? And she learns things, but well, why doesn't she say anything about it? Uh, okay, so um, so everybody loves Derek. He's got that kind of personality, right? So her parents actually like yeah. him. She feels better than they like her. Um, yeah. He's that he's that guy. He's just really charming and all these things. Um, so so that's so, so that's the problem. The things that they start finding out are things that are related to the case, like when she overhears Ellen and Vince and those kinds of things. So she's not sure how she feels about Greg, and she's not sure what to bring up. But then she doesn't know what he knows. He's not telling her anything. You know, he's interviewing people and he's doing all this investigation. And he's not telling her anything anyway. So she doesn't feel any great obligation to tell him when she overhears that Ellen said she was having an affair with Derek. For one thing, Ellen could be boasting about it. She doesn't know. Um, she's pretty sure that's probably true. And, and things get – and when Jason's talking to her, he tells yeah. her a lot of what had been going on all this time, all these 10 years. Um, so that so that confirms a lot of stuff. But she knows that that Greg and Lane have been interviewing Ellen and Jason and Vince and all those people. So she does she feels that you know they're the police, and she doesn't know what they don't know. So why should she tell them anything? She's got her own concerns at that point. Um, 
so that's that's kind of what's going on with with that. But um, but you know, until her parents can understand what Derek did to her, and even then, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they they just don't come across as as as, as very caring. And there's there's you find out the reasons why that happens. But mm-hmm. when she finds out that when 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 she finds out that Derek's dead, right? Because she's in the kitchen at the time, so she's she's right mm-hmm. there. Um, and Jason sees the body and comes in and, and tells her that that there was that accident or whatever. It turns out once he's been run over like three times by the motorcycle, there's no question that whoever did it. And it's murder. <laughs> make sure that he was dead. Um, her father comes and gets her. And brings her back well, to the inn because they, they, you know, they don't want her to be by herself. And she's really surprised when he shows up. So, um, but it's such a tense relationship that you know that it's going to continue to be very quickly. Uh, so there's there's a lot of stuff going on in this book. I like a lot of plot, as you probably can tell. I know, I know. But before I forget, if everything goes well tomorrow when I get the dreaded vaccine uh, and I'm okay I'm on Monday I'm getting mine tomorrow too my booster I'm getting tomorrow how about that I'm getting my second one tomorrow I'm not looking forward to it mm-hmm. to be very honest mm-hmm. because I didn't do so great with the first three but they told me uh, I should do it and the more to be very honest I was annoyed that they made the appointment on Friday because hair and nails on Saturday at 7 o'clock is much more important and mm. what can I say so we'll see what yeah, happens. Well, on Monday, I'm having that. I have flu shot. We're going to do something. Well, I do every couple of months. I do something with mm-hmm. my professor from college. Yeah. And Dr. Cavuto is one of the most foremost authorities in reading, and I'm his other pal. And we're going to talk mm-hmm. about how children that are three to five acquire language. Uh, what is mm-hmm. a natural reader? What happens when, and this is my my field, and what happens when mm-hmm. somebody decodes a word, whether they're an adult or a child, and they comprehend nothing because they're not decoding it or they're decoding every letter. Reading programs mm-hmm. that worked, some that don't work, and a whole lot more with Dr. Caruto yeah. in 10 on Monday. And it's not an interview. I have my notes, and I better have my, my answers to his questions because he asks me to, puts me on the spot, and it's fun. And on the 6th, we have the author of The Perfect Brother. On the 10th, and I hope he's okay to do this, Dick Belsky. It's in the news, Claire Carlson. On the 12th, um, award-winning author Stephen Manchester, Dad. On the 17th, Adam Sykes, The Dead Lovely. And on the 19th, this is um, was unexpected. Then one of the number one cardiologists in the world with a scary book called Dissection, and she asked for the interview. So who am I not to do it? And that's just some, my show's booked until the end of January, people. So if anybody has anything coming up, you better tell me because I have to put you in January and after. It's, it's, it's amazing. So how does Greg piece it together? And what about Lane? And what's her relationship with Greg? Does it do anything? Um, well, it's, it's interesting because when they first start out working together, mm. um, Lane is very prickly about the whole thing because, uh, yeah. first of all, Greg is, is in a different part of the unit, and he's split between the county and the, and the, and the city because he's, they, they just don't have enough drugs officers, so he's, 
he's working both, and they can't assign the other drugs guy because he's um, having he's going to have surgery, so he's not around. Um, but there's a there's another problem there, and the problem is that Greg's father is the mayor, and so um, so Lane comes into this thinking that here's this entitled guy who got his job because his father's the mayor, and he doesn't have to be good because he's connected. And what he discovers is that mm-hmm. Greg is very good at what he does and that his mm-hmm. father has nothing to do with any of that. So um, so their relationship actually builds quite well uh, over the over the course of the of of the book. But you know, one of the problems is that um, because I don't have an amateur detective who's finding clues and putting things together, the way the police work is that they, they have you know, they interview people, and then they interview people again, and then they get information from the lab and, and all that kind of stuff that they have to kind of piece together, and because they're the only two working on the case, they have a lot of conversations, um, they they drive to Detroit together, they go to, they go out and have a beer together, that, that kind of stuff, they talk to each other in the, the squad room, things like, they have to go out to Bay's parents' house because, mm. um, because there's this there's this break-in, and it turns out that um, they find drugs in what was Bay's room, and um, that's a whole other thing that that goes on. Um, and and it looks like whoever broke in actually planted the drugs. That's that's the conclusion they end up coming to. Uh, mm. So there's all these kind of misdirection things that that are going on, but um, but one of the big what they think is going to be a big break in the case is when um, when this informant comes in to talk to Greg and he gives him information that's surprising um, and it leads to um, to an arrest. Uh, it doesn't end up leading to the actual conclusion, um, but that but but they start to they start to piece together a bunch of things uh, about the motorcycle and that that's that makes them change their ideas about certain things. Vince tells them some, or not, not Vince, Jason tells them something that puts them on the right track. Um, and then uh, they want to talk to Jason again. And he's, mm. he's managed to get an overdose while he's in the lockup. Uh, so yeah. they can't question him anymore. Um, but the way things kind of unfold at the end, it's not that they just can go in and and you know, arrest somebody. It's something else happens. And when that something else happens, that brings everything to a climax. Um, but that's frequently how things work. It's, it's, it's you know, it's not to a Poirot or something like that. No, it's not. It's not that easy. That's for sure. No. And we you know. No, and, the, and each each police department is different, and mm-hmm. it's it's hard it's hard to handle. At times, last night I know the laugh or cry was hilarious. Um, about mm-hmm. ten o'clock, the fire alarms went off in my building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they can the police come and the fire department comes. They come on every floor, and they mm-hmm. knock on doors. And and my neighbor is the head of the the co-op, and she said, mm-hmm. you know, we're not sure where it was. It was on the fifth floor. It was worth it though because you had to see how cute these guys were. It was worth it. Mm-hmm. Seriously. They came with their equipment and the and the axes and everything. Oh, it was hilarious. And I said, mm. this is definitely interesting. And it made my day, let me tell you. Because you, everybody handles it. The fire department handles one way. The police department can be kind of tough. They handle another mm-hmm. way. So every police department is different. And you just never know. So 
They arrest somebody. How come? And how do they piece it together? I don't want to say who it is. They arrest somebody that they think right. it is. Right, they arrest somebody, and they think that they think that the person did it because yeah. of and um and and that all kind of comes together because of well it's because of of Ellen and Jason and I mean they get all this information but mostly it's because of this informant that comes in to talk to Greg mm-hmm. and that leads them in a that leads them in the direction of thinking that this must be the person and then they 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 bring him in and it's a big it's it's a big deal scene when that happens. Yeah, it <laughs> it's, is. It's the day he's he's arrested at a at a bakery and um, other stuff, and it's just very um, yeah. There's a and there's a lot of there's a lot of anger there <laughs> among the people who who um, who don't think that he should be arrested. So that's a that's 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 a whole other whole other thing that that goes on, and it's kind of a whole day thing because. He's he. We don't see him being questioned, but uh, but we see the fallout with other people about him being questioned. Uh, they well, sometimes they that. question whether the police actually have the right person, and a lot of times, even on the news, they say, "Well, they got this guy," but so they don't look for the rest. They don't look for anybody else. That makes it even worse. Mm-hmm. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I live in a big city, so I see that kind of stuff all the time. But um, this is a small town, and all the neighbors, yeah. everybody gets to see this this suspect being, you know, dragged out, and <laughs> and, and then they, and then you know, they're, they're, everything's close together, so it's not like, mm-hmm. um, and it's a it's a weekend morning, so there's people out all over the place because this is a town that's a lake on one side and a river on the other side, and so people are are out near the water. There's tourists, even though it's fall because this takes place mostly in October um, and ends at Halloween. Um, they have tourists there all year round because they have snow sports in the winter. They have lots of Halloween and uh, autumn events that take place all over that part of Michigan. And I should say for people who don't know the mitten very well, northern Michigan is not the same as the UP. So, um, so the UP is the Upper Peninsula, and it's kind of its own thing. And then there's a bridge. So there's Mackinac Island in the middle of the water, and then there's there's a bridge. And then northern Michigan is the northern part of the southern part of Michigan. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, so so that's 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 where it is. And this is a region that grows cherries and um, grapes. And so there's wineries. Mm. Um, yeah. And and if I can put in a little plug, um, there's an Go author ahead. named Melanie. Hunt who writes uh, romance, and she writes about that area. And she let me use Abelard Winery, which she uh, created for her book, um, in this book. So I was very I, I was very grateful when I asked her that she was happy to, to do that. So, uh, so there's a little bit of her stuff in my book. Well, that is very nice because a lot of people wouldn't do that. So yeah. I have to ask this question. Is this a standalone or are you going to bring these people back? That's a hint. Well, my original thought was it was going to be a standalone, and then I got some reviews where people were like, and one of my early readers, who is one of my critique partners, everybody's like, oh, are we going to get another one? So, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, as it turns out, it will be a series, and it will be called um, Murder Murder in the North Country. It's going to be the, the series uh, title. See, I was right. I'm getting good at this. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, and um, I'm going to wait this book. Wait a minute. Put it, put it where it belongs. Okay. Uh, my dermatologist mm-hmm. loves me. I don't go to visit him that often to see him, but every couple of weeks he calls me to remind me to bring him books. I'm serious. Uh, mm-hmm. His wife and insi- yeah, I went last week. I brought him fifty. She loves me. Mm. She has three houses That's and they surprise. read it on the bookshelves and then she gets to read them and she doesn't have to buy them. So they love me. Mm-hmm. So uh, Dr. M's getting this one. It's going in the bag with the other 12. By the time I see uh-huh. him at the end of next month, probably have about 50 because that's how many I'm going to read by then, which is really cool. Wow. And get rid of them. And mm-hmm. it makes it so much like easier. He's got a bag. So mm-hmm. where do you see Greg? We'll have Greg. Are you going to bring Danny and Brad and Bay back? All of them? Which yeah. ones are coming back? Okay, so um, so the so the main cast of characters is coming back, and at some point I need to do more with Terry and Danny because their relationship is yeah. really just kind of starting. Um, and and Bay and Greg, well, I won't say, but but they have they have a happily ever ending ever after at the end of the book, um, and he so they're coming back, and and Terry and and Danny are coming back. The sister, the other two sisters will be there. In fact, the second book is going to center around something that happens mm-hmm. to Libby. Um, and it's mostly going to be, and then they'll, they'll investigate um, what, what happens there. And the third book will be about Laurel. And, um, and that mm-hmm. one will probably take place on Mackinac Island. I've, I've been trying to set up a trip with some friends of mine so that we can go. You know, it, it, I, um, and then uh, the parents have to come back, obviously, because, you know. Yeah, they, they that, still, yeah. yeah, so it's it's pretty much kind of that that grouping of, of people in Lane Fairchild because, of course, you know. The third one, maybe not, because unless, unless he's just kind of a, um, you know, somebody that, that Greg can, can – talk to because Mackinac Island's not not in that jurisdiction but um and and Brad just because Bay's going to be you know running the wine bar uh as one of the things that she's going to be doing um mm. so there's so there so in a way it's easier because I've built my cast of characters and and so I can use this cast of characters um even though this is not my next project but um but I'm already mm. starting to think about what I'm going to do with that. Well, I have I have two other projects that I have to do uh, first. Oh, good. So one of them is um, a cozy mystery that I'm writing called um, uh, Murder at the Great Jane Austen Cook-Off. And that actually takes place in England. Um, and I'm hoping that'll be a series. And, um, and then I'm also writing uh, the third in my Global Security Unlimited uh, series. I have two books mm. out in that romantic suspense and um which also has a continuing cast of, of characters which makes life easier uh the first one took place in chicago the second one went from chicago to london highlands mm. scotland and paris ended in paris and the third book is going to be between chicago and vancouver so um the protagonists are going to be two other people that are that are in the series so that's so I have those to do. Plus, I just wrote a short story that's going to be in a collection that'll come out next year. Oh, nice! It's, um, it's Tales from the Golden Age, and so my characters are um, seventy for that one. <laughs> it's a romance, mm. but they're seventy. I've I've just gotten a contract to write um, a short story for um, 
for a series for a, an anthology called um, Jane Austen's Tea, and um, I will have a, I'm creating a character who will um, who will interact with uh, Colonel Fitzpatrick from uh, uh, Fitzwilliam from um, Pride and Prejudice. Start to, start to I wish somebody would ask me to use, to use my stories in in, a, in, a, in an anthology. I did have one once before because um, I write my my book is uh, their faces behind the stones, but they're different stories by different people. Mm-hmm. That are well, the, the the one the the one that I just finished and I have out to a couple of readers before I send it because it's due in October. Um, I was approached and I was surprised. Um, it was somebody who's been the Sisters in Crime chapter of Capital Crime. Yeah. So, um, yeah, from Sacramento. And then the other one was an anthology that a friend of mine was getting into, and she just sent me the link so I could apply for it. That was nice. So I did. So that was, well, yeah, yeah. She, she, she and I don't that write is, That is great. Are you going to do another one with, I have to ask this because they, they weren't going to want to know, uh, when the books come out, whatever they come out, are uh, you going to do another 12-week partners in crime who I love? Uh, yeah, I, I, I will for, um, for, for at least the, uh, for the, for the second in, in this series. Um, oh, good. What the cozy mystery is going to depend because, and I probably can, but I'm, that one I'm going to, uh, I've had people tell me it's going to be much more commercial, so I mm-hmm. may actually try that one agented and sell it to, to, you know, try and get it traditionally published. Right now, I'm an indie author, so um, and I felt that mm-hmm. that Partners in Crime did a great job for me. So I would certainly. And once he started the series indie, it stays indie. Nobody's going to buy it and say, "Oh, sure, we'll publish the rest of them for you." Um, so, uh, so those those will continue to be. To be that, and um, and I will I will use them, and I'll probably go ahead and use them for the romantic suspense. I use somebody else for those, but um, I I was really happy with um, with with Tina and Wendy, so I I would definitely want to to do that. Well, they have again. a second side. There's Providence romance, Providence uh, tours, which deals with romance mm-hmm. and other things, and they did my YA yeah. book, so uh-huh. hopefully. But where can everybody get all of your books? Um, so the ebooks are all available on Amazon, and if you have Kindle Unlimited, you can get them that way. Um, and all three books will be um, so the first book in the in the GSU series is already out as an audio book, and the other two books, the second one in GSU and Dead in the Alley, will both be out later in the year. Uh, Dead in the Alley is supposed to be recorded in October, um, so they're available Amazon and Audible and iTunes. And then paperback, you can order from Amazon, you can order from on, on the Barnes & Noble website, or because I put them into Ingram Spark, you can go to your local bookstore and um, they can order it for you, any of the paperbacks. Well, I want to thank you very much. You brighten my sunny day. It is 49 oh. degrees here in New York. It's really nice. It's beautiful. And and I just hope to God that the hurric- that Ian decides to have a heart attack and die and goes away because he's really mm-hmm. causing some terrible havoc, this this hurricane. And I, I worry because my family's in Florida. And thank God so mm-hmm. far it's just been rain and wind. It's not too bad. But everybody, right. thank you so much, Sharon. Everybody have a great day. Stay safe and bye. Bye. Thank you.